back, someone I met, I meet people in the hospital and they'll say, my father was a Baptist pastor here in Alabama for 50 years and it's not unusual for me. I'm Malcolm Marler, nice to meet you. Marler, are you really the Lewis Marler? I sure am, I'm his son. And they'll say, your daddy baptized me or married us or something. What I want to begin with is talk about how do we feel connected, not only to one another, but to God. And God knows our name. But it's more than a name tag. It's more than just simply knowing that. It's knowing our history. It's knowing who we really are. And so, the scripture this evening uh, that I wanted to um, highlight for us comes, from, uh, obviously, in the Gospel of John. Uh, this is verses 1 through 5, and then skips around just a little bit ahead to 14 and, and 16 through 18. And this is, these are very familiar words to you. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things came to being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. Life. And the life was the light of the people, of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. From His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. I love that phrase. We've all received grace upon grace. I'm a former football player. That's like piling on grace. <laughs> Just everybody jumps on. Grace and more grace and more grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. And on and on. But part of what I wanted to begin with, with you, and to have us think about some things out loud, and we might even either all together or maybe in small groups very quickly, but to be known and to be loved and to know that we're not alone is a great gift. I was with a family today whose loved one died much quicker than we thought. And we just 
sat there going, we just didn't know. And there are a couple of things that always seem to come up, and one of them is that love, being loved, makes a difference. And knowing we're not alone helps. And if you know those two things, you can get through a lot. It's when we don't know if we're loved or where our love will come from or if we are not sure that someone will be with us for the long haul. That's when it's the hardest. To be loved and not alone is a great gift. And so in this scripture, that's part of what I hear is that first verse I ever memorized as a Baptist preacher's kid, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I was eight years old when I went through confirmation. It was a one-on-one -on -one confirmation in my father's study on Sunday mornings. After I started asking curious questions about why my dad stood in front of the, uh, the congregation at the end of the service saying, come on now, come on. Turn your hearts over to Jesus, come on. And I started asking him, Dad, why don't, why don't everybody do that? What does that exactly mean? Now, we didn't call it confirmation class. That's my new Episcopal term. <laughs> but he met with me for four straight weeks for an hour during Sunday school time, just the two of us, and talked to me about who Jesus was and is. This flesh thing, you know, I never really... I've never seen God. I've never really heard God. I'll just confess to you. I mean, I've never heard His voice like you're hearing mine. Um, I felt God. I thought it was God. I attributed that whatever it was to God. That thought, that decision, that whatever. But I didn't really, I don't really know what God sounds like. And I remember my father saying, we don't really know what God's like, but Jesus is just like his daddy. Can you get that? I said, yes, daddy, I can get that. We both like out on football, you and me, when I was growing up. We both love sports. We both love things that we share together. He goes, that's close. He said, so Jesus, if you get to know his personality, and the way we get to know his personality is the way he treated people. And the way he treated people was primarily, almost entirely out of love. 
especially people that other people didn't love, which was a real surprise. And so he said, one of the things to be like God is to understand what Jesus is like in his personality and the way he treated people. I thought, well, that's cool. I can read about Jesus interacting with others. Well, you know where I'm going. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that we, when we look at the life of Jesus, when God came here on this earth in the form of Jesus, it was to show us a reference point. It was to show us a way. The way, maybe. And so one of the things I want to ask you as a group, this is open sharing, is so knowing that God made the decision to show us what God was like through Jesus in human form, how does that change or impact or shape our connection to God or our, when we pray, when we're going through hard times? For you, how does it, what difference does it make to know that God knows what it is like to go through whatever we're going through and that we can know what God is like by looking at what Jesus went through. So, the question for you is, what difference does it make to you that God understands and knows what you're going through? Can anybody just... I'm just interested in a thought that you might have. Just very briefly, anything that might come up for you, what, this is wonderful by the way, that's, that's like music in the background. And so my question to you is, so what, what difference does it make to you if you're praying and you know that God understands or is with you, that you're loved and not alone, what difference does that make? What have you been through that, where that made a difference? Or does it make a difference? Anybody? Yes. Right. I knew that I was 
so that you felt the connectedness especially. Is that what I'm hearing, Susan? When maybe you felt somewhat alone with your other human family, but that connection made a difference when you were going through that, or while you're going through, even now. Okay, thank you. Somebody else? What difference does it make that God connects and understands and is present for you? Yes. It's one thing to read about and imagine what Jesus was like from the stories that were told in the Gospels in particular. But to tell you the truth, that's not really enough. It's nice to know about that, and it's a guide, it's a reference point. But really, today I, let, I had the privilege, of, I, once a month I'm a part of Church in the Park. Are you familiar with that at Lynn Park? We have a brief worship service and communion and whoever, whosoever wants to come and we have a group of musicians who sing and 
and then we have communion, and then we have a hot lunch. Today we served about 60 people. And it's, it's like the most life-giving thing I do. Because I've gotten to know them, many of them. I know Robert, and I know part of his story. And he was there today. And I hadn't seen him in a while. I know Donald, who has been through more than four human beings that I know. But anyway, the reason I don't feel like it's quite enough, it's good to know our history. It's good to know our lineage. It's good to know where we've come from. It's good to know who we're being called to be like. But I wonder if there are people in your life who have shown you that kind of love that come to mind for you who are like Jesus to you. Because it's not just something back there, it's right now. It's finding the Jesus in one another, if you will. I mean, Jesus even said, as you do it unto these, you do it, as you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. So it's like, okay, this brings it into the present tense, not just past tense. <laughs> So my question to you is, who's had the most influence on you knowing about the love of God? Yes. Why? What did she do to help you know that? Took you to church, talked to you, loved you, even through hard things? Everything. Yes. about love I think as anybody does. Yeah? And yours have done that for you. That's cool. That's a gift. 
children. I want to be a daddy so bad. I was married for a while and it just, when that marriage broke up, I thought it was the end of the world. I had led marriage enrichment retreats in churches to teach people how to have good relationships. I was good at teaching it to others. Then there was like this period of time, eight years, where I was just like what I call no man's land. My wife now calls it, well, you dated everybody in Birmingham land. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you might know my wife, Mary Sullivan, who's associate rector for pastoral care over at St. Luke's. When I met her and fell in love with her, she, had, she has two children, Brendan and Kiki. Kristen, Kiki's her nickname. When we got married, I just couldn't believe it. I came into their lives when they were like 10, 11. And, um, I went, wow. These kids at first liked me. <laughs> and now they love me. I know what you're saying. And I thought, that's grace upon grace. I thought I would never, ever it, I was too old. It was gone. Yeah? And then to have two. And so I introduced them as my son and daughter all the time. But what a gift it is when we have something given to us. We don't deserve. It's just a gift. That's the kind of love that we are loved with and by God. And it's good to know how we can learn from that in Jesus' life as a guide, as an anchor, as a touch point. But it's even more when we see it in others in our lives. And maybe one other way, or another, there are many ways, but that is when we are that to others, that kind of love, or that kind of person who believes in others who don't believe in themselves. I think we sell ourselves short all the time. We think, Oh, that phone call won't really matter. I'm sure other people are encouraging them. Taking the time to write that note or to send that email. I want you to know it makes a difference. When you actually tell people that you love them, that you care about them. You know that. 
not only finding Jesus in the Gospels, it's finding Jesus in the eyes of the people we look into their eyes daily. That's Jesus. Around the hospital, I'm one of the few on the staff that wears a white collar. Okay. I'm actually the only one. But when I walk out on the sidewalks to go get something to eat, or down to Tzatziki's or somewhere outside, this is like a magnet. And not necessarily the way that I would like to be a magnet. It's like, there's somebody that'll help. So I'm being asked for money a lot downtown, and a lot of people are going through hard times. Now I just kind of get ready, and I just have to remember every time that I have an encounter, this is Jesus. Now I know you can take that a little too far. You cannot be safe, or I'm not, you know, I'm not. But I'm just saying that my name is Malcolm. I'll say, what's yours? I can't give you any money. I don't have any cash. I don't carry cash with me. Come on, let's go in here and let's eat, sit down together. <laughs> I have a lot of guests for lunch. <laughs> the word travels fast. <laughs> I'm a ringer, as my wife would say. But as we look into the face and the eyes of the people we encounter each day, if we could just do that as a practice during this Lent, where we as we meet people, as we speak to people, as we encounter and have conversation with people, if we could just say to ourselves, this is Jesus. It shifts our perspective and how we treat and how we encounter and how we have a conversation. I think that's really where I find and know Jesus is through other people. What does some of this make you think about? I know we've only got a few minutes here. As you think about this is real flesh and blood stuff, meaning it's real relationships. This is not just about history or about a long 2,000 years ago. This is about how this happens right now. And I wonder, who is somebody that has encouraged you lately? Who's somebody that's encouraged you? I'm taking names. Who are they? Call them out. Who's somebody who is? Yes. Mom. Your uncle? Thank you. Who's somebody who is? Say that again. Bible in, in Bible study. In Bible study? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Others. Who 
who has who is somebody who has encouraged you? Encouraged your heart? Yes. Your mom and dad. Oh my gosh, I hope they're here, are they? Good. I just wanted to make sure they heard. Good. Good. Your granddaughters have encouraged you. This whole congregation. Yeah, this whole congregation. Yes. Yes. Who has encouraged you? Darla. Darla? Where's Where's Darla? His mom's friend Darla encouraged them to come to this church. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you for tell me your name. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. He gets my friends Darla and Dolly. That's okay. I'm not worried about it. Good. Thank you so much. Just when we think they're not listening. <laughs> Who else has encouraged you? Be an encourager to people. Greet them. We did something in the hallways at the hospital that we started a couple of years ago. Well, actually, a few years ago. We, we, how it started was we did Ashes to Go on Ash Wednesday. And we just stood in the hallways with ashes. We had a big old sign that said, Ashes to Go. And people were going, I have not, I'm not going to be able to get to church. Boy, am I glad you're here. As a Baptist, I just, former Baptist, I thought, <laughs> I thought, this is remarkable that people would come up and do this in public and and then I thought afterwards I wish Ash Wednesday was every Wednesday but I know it doesn't work that way but what I was really saying is there was some kind of connection we were encouraging and remembering and loving together and so we came up with prayers to go so we now have a sign a poster that says would you like a prayer today prayers to go and we just stand there and say, good morning. Hey, hey. We don't go, hey, you want a prayer? You want a prayer? No, that's kind of spooky or something. But instead we just go, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Have a good day. Good to see you. People walk by and you know, you, it's like you make eye contact and you talk to them. And now that makes it a little bit easier than Hartford, Connecticut, where I lived at one time. But... But anyway, I'll just speak to people, and people will go, good morning. And then, and then they read the sign, and they go, well, I need a prayer today. My name's Malcolm. What's yours? What do we need to pray about today? I'm not suggesting that you put up signs. What I am suggesting is, I stand in the hallways at UAB Hospital, and people are walking down the hallway just look like you and me. But what they are carrying in their hearts is so heavy that unless we got them to stop and know that we care enough to listen. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to connect. Because that's what God did for us and does for us. 
For God so loved us that he sent Jesus so that we could see what he was like, so that we could connect. What a gift. You are loved. You are never alone. May you remember that God is above you, watching over you as a good shepherd. That he is below you, ready to lift you up in his arms at your weakest moment. God is behind you to give you encouragement when you want to give up and turn back. God is in front of you, calling you forward in faith when you cannot see how in the world this is going to work out. That God is beside you, holding your hand no matter what you're going through that other people don't know about. But most of all, God is within you, as close as every breath you take. And that, my brothers and sisters, makes all the difference. Amen. Another deep gratitude to Reverend Marlow for being with us as we continue to dig deeper into to Jesus through the Gospel of John and through each other and through life. Experience and I hope you will continue with us for the next three weeks. Um, we have more wisdom from our seminarian Susan, from CJ, our deacon, and from Jamie, our priest. So please come back and be with us the next three weeks and go to UAB and meet people in the halls and help them walk uh, this crazy journey of life. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.